Yo, 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 Joes and agents of Cobra Command. My name is Steve. This is G.I. Joburg, episode 309. And the title of this episode gives it all away. We're talking about the Cobra Rattler. Who is we? Well, I is Steve. I'm joined by my buddy, Paul L. Hey, Paulie. Hey, guys. Yeah, we're gonna get um, we're gonna get our rattle on about the rattler. We're gonna get rattling on this episode. We're also joined by the love and scoopful. It's Rob. Hey guys, what's up? What's up? How's it going? So in this series, we're doing pre-recorded podcasts again, like old school. <laughs> Which give us the opportunity to do focuses on specific old toys and the recurring theme that we going to try and stick to for as long as possible is talk about <laughs> toys that each of us have in our personal collections just so no one feels excluded no one's having to work yeah. off of cool pictures taken on 3d joes or yojo.com and their imaginations or their memories of what it was like to play with steve's collection or paul's collection or rob's collection the toy oh i mean it's an absolute delight that we get to talk about this. The Cobra Rattler, 1984, mm. is a stone-cold classic, even more so than last time's Havoc. This thing is almost universally Animal. loved. Very few misgivings and nitpicks about it. It is just probably one of the premier pieces of the G.I. Joe line of all time. It's yeah. an all-time great. Would I be correct in saying that, guys? I, yeah, I have to agree. It's, you know, just one of the first, like, big, like, air vehicles, I think, you know, that kind of just, like, captured the imagination. It was very similar to a real-life, real-world aircraft, but Cobra. Cobra. Mm. Cobra. It's so nice. They decided to keep re-releasing it, even mm. into the 25th anniversary. The first re-release was none other than the Cobra. No. The G.I. Joe Tiger Rat. What? A faction switch of this incredible no. aircraft? This pillar of Cobra air power? Paul has got a Tiger Rat. He doesn't have the original blue. I don't have a rat. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So That's already a we're going to have a, a rather colorful debate about these different versions. But the plot thickens. Because there's a third version in attendance. Rob, what is behind what curtain think? number three? It's an A-10 AWAC uh, <laughs> Tomahawk. <A> Thunderbolt. <laughs> yeah, 1997's best vehicle. It's the Cobra Rattler done up in a mottled green camo scheme and renamed the G.I. Joe A-10 Thunderbolt, which already Fine. is a little bit of a misnomer. The G.I. Joe version of the Rattler. The A-10 Warthog is actually the Thunderbolt 2 because there's a piston-driven World War II aircraft called the Thunderbolt, which the Warthog was uh, paying homage to. Anyway, technicalities aside, it's recasting this as a G.I. Joe vehicle without it being a recaptured or a captured Cobra vehicle like the, the, to the Tiger, the Tiger Rat. Turpitat. But guys, something that I learned very recently, perhaps as recently as last year, 2023, for those listening to this in the far-flung future, was that... From the future, carry on. Well, the Cobra Rattler was initially in, envisioned as a G.I. Joe vehicle. 
Oh. Hi, Mom. There's my mom. Hey. <laughs> if you're watching the video oh. version. Oh, welcome. Washing. I'm oh. leaving Cape Town for Singapore and eventually Brisbane tomorrow. So too short. Too short. <sighs> yeah, it's packing station. It's that 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 awful moment when all the clothes are packed, the passports are where they need to be. Everything is ready to be loaded into the car, and you think to yourself, <sighs> what have I "Which toys? Which no? Which toys can I not live without <laughs> uh, for the next twelve months?" Oh, yeah. Or 11 months, or however long it is. We're not talking about that on this podcast. We are talking about the Cobra Rattler and its further iterations. It seems on this podcast, I am the odd man out because I've got the Cobra version. You two guys have the G.I. Joe versions. Indeed, we do. Weirdness. Madness. Madness. <laughs> Should we talk a bit about the why. media appearances of the Cobra Rattler to kick yeah, us off? Actually. Yeah, let's ah. get into. Well, guys, do you have uh, anything you'd like to say about media appearances? Anything that springs to mind before I kind of lay down my research? Well, I mean, probably the most iconic is that uh, that one comic book issue uh, seven. You know, with the with the two the two jets coming going on at each other. Mm, in issue thirty four. Yeah. Yeah, three plus four, seven. Oh, <laughs> wait, I'm not showing issue 28. Okay, Rattler was, it had a bit of an, an interesting uh, comics history. But let's let's talk a little bit more about the animation series first. Because I think that's, that's where things get off to a very different kind of footing to what mm. we might have expected. So, I'm going to conject that the Rattler was always kind of going to be an attack aircraft. Cobra was going to have something with the VTOL capability that was loosely based on the A-10 Thunderbolt mm. 2. Mm. Uh, the evidence for that mm. is in Mass Device, the very first G.I. Joe cartoon miniseries, Cobra, a squadron of these craft piloted by Destro, are sent to basically hover and fire at a volcano in order mm. to get one of the elements out of this, um, out of the sort of the mouth of the volcano, and this thing did have tilting um, jet engines on its wings. It had loosely the Rattler's configuration by having engines in the wings. It didn't have the third engine in the in the tail, but yeah, as I say, the wings could fully tilt along with the engines. And it was very much prefaced as a attack aircraft. It quickly became fodder when Sky Strikers show up. And, yeah, the battle is joined. It's a bad time for Cobra. Destro is like, keep on firing at the volcano. Don't uh, turn and attack the Joes. Which, suicidal. But that's yeah. the Cobra ethos. What do you guys think of this early iteration? You know, I've seen this thing so many times, and I... It feels like I'm seeing it for the first time now. It's crazy. <laughs> why? I always, why do I remember this as being rattlers? Like for some reason in my head, I just remember weird, it being hey? actual rattlers. It is weird. I well, don't they remember were the, them looking like this either. They were mm. the proto rattlers. I mean, later on in the mass device. In fact, this very battle, we wind up on the Cobra helicarrier, and you see things that kind of have a loose claw vibe about them except the operators are on top as opposed to being under underslung anyways yeah. as i say this to my eyes screams like early rattler 
conceptual. Something that, that was, was kicking around in the Hasbro. Part. Yeah. Do you think it was perhaps something that Sunbow animators or Sunbow designers cooked up? Russ Heath, perhaps? It's possible. It's they, very they possible. Could have been, yeah, they could have been like, they could they could have known like what certain vehicles would be coming out. Um, like, oh, it's, 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 a, it's a hovering attack, uh, you know, uh, uh, vehicle for the Cobras. But they mm. weren't given like the exact designs. So they were like, okay, we'll incorporate that. Mm. Um, but this is but a massive kind of voice, cool. no? yeah. yeah. September 1983, and we've already so got next one. year's toy. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a year. I, I would imagine they didn't let Sunbow design too many things for this. Okay, hold on before I like step in myself because Sunbow did design a lot of stuff. <laughs> but I think the intention here was to kind of um, insert some ideas into the heads of kids with regards to the figures. Maybe not necessarily have like that's fully realized but kind of get kids excited and see what the feedback was you know mm. so maybe they were like they've had this idea and then they they had it on the model sheet and they were like yeah do it because they didn't quite have the rattler design squared away yet maybe that mm. was the idea but this i don't know because just my my industry experience is that you do nothing unless it's on a model sheet like and that model sheet has to be approved so you can't just like sort of in studio just kind of just decide oh we're well, just going to design this you know uh but if it, you do it, this it goes even inspired the toys you know like this got approved by hasbro and like oh we like what the cartoon's doing um toy division can you come up with something similar to this and they were like yeah it's a bit too futuristic it'll be difficult to tool but how about this thing it's, it's pretty similar isn't it girls <laughs> Yeah, that's well. Either that's, way, that's there was some common well. ground being yeah, covered by all of these medium all at the same time. So I'm sure people were copying each other's homework. Mm. Uh, we move into the next mini series, and then the Rattler is fully realized. Yay. By by September 1984, we've got Revenge of Cobra. The toy is probably on shelves, finding its way into a lot of Christmas trees that year. And yes, it's in its Cobra blue. You see the armament, you see the, the turret has been added, the third engine has been added, and it's piloted by Baroness in a very cool, like, snake helmet. Ooh. Kind of reminiscent of something you would find in old-school anime. I'm thinking mm. your Gundams, your uh, Macrosses, Gatchaman, yeah. Yeah. yeah, reaching as far back as the 70s, sure. Yeah, definitely. But as I say, the Rattler's cool. design has been finalized by this point. And the very next year, you've got it in the intro sequence. Yes. Um, classic. So that's, that's actually what I wanted to mention. It's in the intro. <laughs> yep. Mm. You see a between close up on the, Wild Weasel as well. He's uh, between the giant of, snake bum cheeks. <laughs> yeah, doing a, <laughs> a trench run almost in the yeah. Cobra Mothership. Rest in peace, Cobra Mothership. <laughs> and yes, it is absolutely a mainstay of Cobra air power, probably punching a little bit above its weight class by being Cobra's mm. only like real air superiority craft. But I guess they use massive num numbers of them, like just sort of shock and awe tactic to overpower Cobra, uh, G.I. Joe Sky Strikers. I'm doing that a lot right now. Clearly, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm being torn between the two forces because we have this, this schism between the versions <laughs> and a discussion tonight. Let's Guys, talk. Yeah. Should we talk comic book? Yeah. Yeah. I think actually. comic books are definitely the place where it really, 
Learn to yeah, shine. Yeah, so what is that? Shakedown, I think it is. Shakedown, Shakedown is where we eventually get to, and that's probably yeah, the uh, one that everyone's going to remember. Yeah, it's just but I'm going to dial us all the way back to a, sh- a story called When Chimney Sweepers Come to Dust, which is an introduction episode for a number of things. Yes. It's Duke and Roadblock. Mm-hmm. It's the funeral service for General Flag. Mm-hmm. It's issue 22 of G.I. Joe, Real American Hero. And in it, Destro is peddling some new wares, one of which is the Cobra Tank Smasher. Ooh. Once again, boys, slightly different design to what we're used to. It's got the top turret. It's got only two engines, and they're positioned kind of like an A-10, but not. They're mm. on these pylons, um, but they're not attached to the horizontal stabilizer. They're kind of in a, I don't know, middle position, Does just aft of the, of the main sort of wing structure and before the, the tail. Is there that, not the another engine in the fuselage below there? It looks like it might even have four engines. You're right. It's, got, yeah. it's over-designed. I think once again... Yeah, that's exactly the word I wanted to use. <laughs> didn't quite know mm. what the toy was ultimately going to look like. Yeah, I think this does kind of cement that, like what me and Paul was saying that, um, you know, they had uh, they had an idea of what was coming. They were told what it was, but no one like cemented it for either the comics or the cartoons, like exactly what it looked like. They were like, just get it in there in, in any way, you know, so we get that idea in the heads of the kids. Hmm. Now, you've got me asking when... I mean, unless this this issue couldn't have been inventory because it follows hot on the heels of what came before, which was the massive battle at Fort Wadsworth. Mm. And this was April of 1984. So, Mm. I mean, if they were keeping tabs on the toy line, unless this was written well in advance. Yeah, well, if it says April, that means it probably came out two months before that. Um, Yeah. Or written too much made it like written, written, yeah, created too much. Well, created and yeah, but I mean, like it came out, uh, yeah. So two months before that, so what, like March? I mean, do we know the exact date that this sort of thing came out? We weren't there. I wasn't even born yet, boys. But it meets a sticky end at the hands of (laughs) one cult, nineteen eleven, and one Mardus. I mean, I've always laughed at how Duke's doing his bit by emptying the entire mag of his pistol. But oh, what exactly helpful. is that doing? <laughs> Duke's that uh, guy in Battlefield when the helicopter's there. And like the, the one guy at the RPG is trying to hit the, the, the helicopter. and I mean, the helicopter or the jet or whatever. And then, you know... Somebody else is just there. We're like, I don't want to be useless. I'm going to shoot at it with my nine mole. If I can get close, I'll stab it. <laughs> Are you guys <laughs> reminded of the scene in like Saving Private Ryan where Tom Hanks' character is down to his, his sidearm and there's a tank advancing on him. And he's planking off rounds and yeah, then it blows up. But then like yeah. it's a P-51 overhead or something. I don't know. It's an yeah. aircraft on a bombing run. That is um, just yeah, well, it's it's. I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna just whatever. Just a just just an insult, basically. Maybe I'll I'm annoy them. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, do you check that in the picture? This rattler has like not only the chin gun, the massive cannon around which all A10s are built, but it's got like little gun turrets beside that. 
It's got like yeah. four guns in the nose. It's got that little nose guns, yeah. Three guns Crazy in the nose. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but oh, it's history. <laughs> well, the conquest just... get those. So. Yes, exactly. No. With those vented look... barrels. I was just having a look on um, Yojo. Um, although they don't say a date, they do suggest that this Rattler was re- released as part of the... Oh, okay, no, don't worry. Yeah. I, I won't worry. I was <laughs> then we see the design being refined and corrected, I should say, in oh. issue 22, which I spoke on earlier. Uh, that's... Sorry, issue 28. Hmm. Don't get my numbers right. The issue 28, it's on the cover, cool. and it's kind of incorrect on the cover, but we'll forgive the cover art. That it, I think it's a Mike Zek. If I'm not mistaken. Cool cover though. It's amazing. Sort of the Rattler bearing down on a Mobat. Just firing all of its missiles. I mean, Steeler and Clutch have had it at this point. (laughs) This is another one of those like unwinnable situations. In fact, none of of them are going to walk out of this. Because the Rattler is going to hit that Mobat. It is bearing right down on its nose cone. It's about to touch touch the turret. Mm. Anyway. Rambo 3 up in this shit. Uh, The design, as I say, has been refined. It is now... I mean, it's oversized, which is awesome. It's more realistic scaling, but it's all there. Three engines, gun turret on top, two-seater, basically. And they make use of that because I think one of them carries Cobra Commander. or No, one of them has been sent to uh, pick up Cobra Commander. And that's that. Now, the one that's on everyone's lips, of course, is issue 34, Shakedown. What do you guys think of that? We read it not too long ago. What else can you say? It's awesome. <laughs> oh, dude, it's Shakedown. I mean, I, th- I mean, what can we say here that we haven't, like, said at length, at, or should I say ad nauseum in the, in the podcast? <laughs> but uh, in the You'll never nauseate me, Paul. But this is the best... Uh, uh, probably the best representation of the Rattler in the comic book. Art by Rod uh, Wiggum. Really yeah, showing his stuff in this early issue. And a lot of drama and a lot of like actual... I think you get an actual understanding. In fact, this is also one of the best, if not the best um, uh, showcases for the Sky Striker as well. Because you actually get an understanding of what these planes can do. Um, so much technobabble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. But the Rattler, and, and this is actually something I wanted to bring out, is the Rattler is a very, uh, like from a design point of view, it's a very interesting design because on one hand, I mean, it's meant to be a dogfighting unit, right? It's like meant to, you know, it's a fast mover, it's a dogfighter, cool. But it's kind of like a weird multi-role because it's also a bomber. And I'd argue that it's faster than an attack aircraft, but it's certainly not a fighter. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, that's what they, I mean, they're always putting them up against Sky Strikers. So it's kind of trying to give the impression that it can do everything. You know, that's like the role that they're trying to shove it into. It's multi role, yeah. So, but that's kind of weird for me because I, it's because I saw the A 10 long before I saw Rattler that I always just see it as a tank killer. And then when I played Ace Combat, when Ace Combat first came out on PlayStation 1, when the PS1 was released, um, I used to fly this 
this jet around, not thinking it was a rattler, just purely loving it. And it did suck mm. for dogfighting. <laughs> but it was great for like, you know, but it, it could take a lot of hits. It was like a, it's a, essentially kind of like a bit of a flying tank. So I, I was Precisely what like, they call it. Mm. So like, yep. I've always been like confused about the design, but then if you think about it a little bit more, it's kind of a weird love child between an A-10 and a World War II bomber. And yes, shall we talk about the turret? Yes, because mm -hmm. then it makes kind of more sense, you know. I'm and delighted to see that identity. in Shakedown, Baroness, who's in the gun turret, scores hits, almost mm. critical hits, on the Sky Striker. And that just reminds me that I mean, you can begrudge that thing for being rather pathetically molded. I mean, it certainly doesn't look impressive on the toy, mm. but. In a close quarters dogfight, if you are in a sort of a low energy fight, as I understand it, like being able to shoot your enemy even when your nose isn't pointed at them could absolutely win the day. And that's exactly what happens in Shakedown. And that's exactly what would happen in these kind of fantastical conflicts where you've got a very technologically advanced enemy in Cobra. You're not just taking out ground targets. Like this is... You know, that sort of fantasy war that doesn't really exist now. Yeah. Thanks to things like the F-22, which would just... And the 35, yeah. Yeah, wipe everyone else out with stealth. Yeah, anyway, this is the range, kind of stuff yeah. that I see on on um, Digital Combat Simulator all the time. On the Growling yeah. Sidewinder channel. I can't talk enough about that guy. Though I haven't watched <laughs> him since since I've been on holiday. So, um, Ooh, so maybe, okay. you know, this past month... Stuff to look forward to. Bad videos... Never know. But but you're right, so, Paul. Like turrets have disappeared. It's a World War Two trend. That <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, it, it's the speed trend, isn't it? I mean, it's, mm. it's yeah. Once you go, it's after after a certain threshold, you can't have something that's so maneuverable in you know in your in your vehicle. Mostly because I think you'd kill the occupant. <laughs> um, yeah, because the G forces. You, if you have a, a turret that can move move like that, and you're going at speeds like just shy of Mach one, um, <laughs> you're going to kill that pilot if that if that person's not oriented correctly in there. The G forces are gonna break something. I don't know. Like you just, it's just not gonna be pleasant. It's not gonna be safe. And I don't want to. This might sound like a bit silly, but the the bullets being shot. I don't know. I've kind of got this feeling like if that plane's trying to turn, and like you know, you're getting into a turnaround fight, and you're trying to move the turrets and you're trying to lock onto something. Like, what are the G forces doing to the bullets when you're curving like that? When it's coming off mm. the surface, you know, like when it's coming off, when it's going perpendicular to the to the fuselage. Like, what's that doing to the bullets uh, in that you know in that arena? Like, what is happening there? Because that's weird stuff that happens there with. You know, you know, physics and crap. And I mean, you must be incredible as a gunner to be able to orientate yourself when the pilot is doing everything he can to maneuver for position, dogfight mm -hmm. effectively, and throwing this aircraft into incredibly strenuous maneuvers. And you're craning around to try and draw a bead on on a a jet that's doing similar maneuvers around you. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, I, I watched Maverick, time. man. Tom Cruise was breathing real heavy. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, uh, but, but that's the, the fun side of this toy, right? Because 
that's what it is when you when you divorce yourself from all of that reality nonsense that gets in the way of a good time um it's actually really 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 awesome like mm. imagine like now imagine this thing like hitting like mark one or just shy of mark one engaging in dogfights and being able to hit shit parallel from it you know or perpendicular to it i mean that's that's insane that's awesome that makes it such a dangerous thing and that's what makes it a real cool baddie weapon you know when you divorce the reality of it and you and you add your like cartoon moon logic to it which is you know the best way to play with toys but, <laughs> you know and that, shakedown is a terrific up. shakedown is a terrific uh, showcase for the rattler and all yeah. of its equipment of course but not only that but the men who are operating these aircraft get a huge spotlight um, their metal is tested not just the the, the, the steel that their aircraft are made from. So, you guys, I don't imagine, have Wild Weasel in your possession since you have the um, other Actually, versions. But a discussion yeah, of the Rattler cannot stand without a discussion of Wild Weasel. Well, you oh. guys can talk about Wild Weasel. I actually I have Wild Weasel. Nice. Shock horror. <laughs> I just don't have a Rattler. So. Oh, what a shame. Oh well, one day, one day. Wait, that's Jinx. I'm curious though. While Paul's looking for Wild Weasel, did it <laughs> did it not appear? Did the Rattler not appear in any of the video games? Hmm. No. I'm trying to think. If it was in Operation Blackheart, I think you fight a your Cobra and you fight a Tomahawk. Hmm. I can't recall if you Joe at one point and fight a Rattler, but I and do seem to recall two. Very similar. Oh, really? In Rise of Cobra? Yeah. Remind me of that battle, Paul? It's uh, in the snow. I think the Baroness is in it. It's when you fight the Baroness. Hmm. It's like, um, it's, I I think it's before, if you're Cobra, you're attacking the MCC. And if you're G.I. Joe, you're defending the MCC. That's correct. I I could, I could be wrong. I could, it could just be a generic jet or a helo, but for some reason, I remember it being the Rattler. Or a uh, comment section, please, please take Paul to task if you know any better. No, please. That's not, a big if. If I'm wrong, tell me. Because I'm sure I should never play that game again. <laughs> now, we immediately are in Cosmo Taxis's <laughs> debt because we're going to go straight to 3D Joe's. Take a look at what we see there. We're going to find good old Wild Weasel's file card. A file card that I actually have to hand but it wouldn't make for great radio or great visuals if I was holding up to the camera. But uh, I'm going to just look at a few choice tidbits of information about Wild Weasel. Firstly, he is a character. There aren't a troop of Wild Weasels. He is a singular person in this far card anyway. Um, That's not to say that the uniform doesn't get represented 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 in G.I. Joe media as a troop. Now, in special missions, that same flight suit, I think, was colored green, and there were a bunch of pilots, Cobra pilots, wearing it. So, who's to say it's not going to be colored red in other instances, and they're just generic Rattler pilots? Or maybe the red is purely for Wild Weasel. I think that was your your notion, hey, Paul? Yeah, he's the ace. He's like Shah, or the Red Baron. Right. No, okay, I'll buy that. But yes, the sculpt itself, I wish they had done it in multiple colors. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Black Major. Care to uh, add Wild Weasel to your parts pool? 
Anyway, I've got a feeling they let's... may have. Oh anyway. really? Anyway, good, yeah, good, I good. I um I do know my main man Cujo would love to see the Boba Fett Viper Deco applied to Wild Weasel's outfit instead of the Viper. Ooh, that'd be really cool. Yeah, but something... if you're looking at Wild Weasel Deco, at least we do get half of it in Tiger Force flavor. Oh yes, with Sky Striker, <laughs> who pilots the Tiger the Rattler, random. <laughs> and strange that we like I, I do want to talk about him because he is important but we don't see him piloting anything else this is like the only vehicle he sort of gets given um he's uh he's specialized in flying enemy aircraft i guess yeah like but i mean that i don't know his, his file card goes on to make him like the best sky strike no he's the best x30 pilot he pulls some crazy maneuvers when mm. did you get your sky striker figure I got him um, thanks to, uh, give me a second, I just want to remember people's names here. Um, he's, I mean, he's, he's so awesome. He sends us like great, uh, he used to send us all kinds of awesome letters. He also sells Joe toys. What's that sexy man's name? Dan. Um, that was, I think it was Dan. Because uh, when we went to JoeCon, um, he brought a few Tiger Force figures for me, and Sky Striker was one of them. Wahey. Well, nice, well, dude. Hey. Yeah. Well, hey, hey. Very, very cool. Well, thank you, <laughs> whoever Paul's benefactor is. Yeah, Dan Shemansky. Yeah. Amazing. Dan Go, Dan. Shemansky. Guys, let's talk about Wild Weasel's file card because deliciously it has one of the infamous typos saying, Wild Weasel cut his teeth in the bus wars of South America and <laughs> Africa. <laughs> <laughs> those buses man they're constantly having wars <laughs> though true i mean minibus taxis cool. are oh, a criminal yeah. enterprise in south africa and yeah you could call their acts of violence bus wars uh they trash the way they drive flying <laughs> <laughs> truth um what i i mean the number of th- number of things that jump out at me firstly he is a very versatile pilot he's flown in these bush wars wars so he's flown extremely rudimentary aircraft that just have weapons jury rigged to them um, and then he's also flown state-of-the-art flying platforms so i guess he might have come from a formal um, first world military you know first world air force flown the hot stuff and then become a mercenary very exciting what is interesting though he's got a sibilant speech pattern so more so than what you hear with Cobra Commander, like what, this is a Wild Weasel's trait, which is kind of why I never wanted to do Cobra Commander hissing in play motions, because to my mind, that was Wild Weasel's thing. <laughs> yeah. I wound up giving him a lisp, though. No. Which also right. works, because I mean, if you've got a serious mouth injury, he would possibly have a lisp or a sibling. Yeah, or... And, and, you know, not be able to kind of... So- Stop this little badass apps. is actually such a, an interesting little toy as well. Like, so he's such a like fascinating little figure because he's he's kind of he's he's like not a character to be scoffed at. You know, he's mm. pretty badass as his file card commands. He's very well made. Like, if you look at the actual body sculpt and everything, I mean, the head does come across as a bit big. But then, to be fair, that kind of makes sense. Like, it's a helmet, helmet would be. Yeah, and it's got all this like extra stuff at the back, and he's just 
really really cool and i always feel like he's a little underplayed in in all of joe media actually even though he recently got a bit of a spotlight in that um continuation of shakedown you know that that little flashback uh comic book you know you get which to see his face hmm. yeah which i kind of didn't want to i like him no. having all of this mystery but for the long like for the longest time I was very undecided on this guy until I eventually got one. And I believe this one is actually courtesy of um, a Back in Time Toys. So oh, nice. When that when I got my tarot drum. Greg. So, yes, Mr. Greg Crockett. So thank you for that. Name dropping. Sorry, I hope you don't get doxxed. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, I didn't dig this guy until I actually had him in hand. Because I always felt every time I uh, every time he was in photos and pictures and everything, he always looked like, super goofy and even the 25th anniversary version of him is kind of crappy looking in pictures uh, not that i've actually seen that or can recall seeing that in hand either but this guy's cool he needs more respect and he's also starting to like creep into my heart and that's actually one of the things i wanted to mention as well i'm surprised we never got reprints of this guy from from hasbro in the form of you know like you were saying earlier why didn't we get like a so-called like pilot viper or a air combat viper or something and then they could have just like recolored this bad boy and uh, and at the and by that same token i wonder why they didn't just redeco him i mean technically they did with sky striker to give us sky striker that's what they did they redecoed him but i wonder if they should have just kept his original helmet as well that would have been interesting like maybe make him a turncoat like he's also turned to, to mm. gi joe now because he's a mercenary you know yeah. and also what it's is his nationality Mm. Ah, good question. I think uh, we've got some fans on G.I. Joburg, in fact, who who hypothesized that he could be South African. Mm. I would argue that he probably didn't get to fly terribly sophisticated aircraft. I mean, South Africa in the 80s had the Mirage 3, but that wasn't exactly a world beater. That, that's, there's a big difference between what we had and what our pilots actually flew. I think our pilots flew a lot more sophisticated aircraft than is has been let on. Um, Still, I would have wanted him to be at the controls of like a Tomcat or something, so he knows <laughs> the weaknesses of the Sky Striker. He knows what he can do to uh, take the fight back to him. Well, if he's a mercenary mm. and the '80s, there is a it's probably I mean, flown Phantoms, probably, but it's, it's also probably flown Migs. I was gonna say, and didn't uh, the Ameri didn't the U.S. sell a contingent of uh, or a small amount of F-14s to the Iraqis at one point? And I think it was sometime in the eighties. So it's very oh, likely. He I knew this. I knew this not too long ago. That like when they mothballed the F-14s, they made sure to that all of the American um, I don't know remaining F-14s were uh, inoperable. So they mm. couldn't be utilized, but there is, there is an air force in the world that still operate them, and I, it's escape, yep. escape my I, mind I right now. I think it's the Iraqi air force that has them. I think because wow. I know that they've okay. also upgraded the the packages on them as well. Um, so there's like sure. a whole thing there. But I wouldn't be surprised. One man's trash is another man's treasure. There you go. And hey, listen, the F-14 is no joke. That is still an no. amazing aircraft. My analogy doesn't really fit, but I think um, they were not the top of the line Air Fourteens if they wound up in the Iraqi Air Force. Oh yeah, anyway, yeah, that's true. what anyway. do we know about modern aviation? The Saint James. This is GI Joburg. Um, I want to make mention of one last thing 
And that's, mm-hmm. we have a quote at the end by Wild Bill about Wild Weasel, basically deriding him for the skunk that he is, but saying that he's damn good at what he does. So, and, and uh, then Wild Bill gets philosophical and quotes Voltaire. <laughs> To forgive our enemies their virtues, that is the greater... Oh dear, I've cut it off. Oh, no. I've got to find my way into my other... Uh, there we go. To forgive our enemies great. their virtues, that is the greater miracle. Which is basically saying, like, I hate this guy's guts, but I am going to acknowledge that he's bloody good. Yeah, Yeah, you can still recognize what, what, what someone's good at, even if you don't like them. Mm. And I mm. would love this because I can only speculate and only secretly hope Gundam came out in 1979. Okay. <laughs> it was, it was met with mild popularity, but got very popular upon its uh, video release in Japan. Um, and the character that got very popular from Gundam is not the main character, Amuro Rei. The character that got popular from Gundam is Shah Aznable. And if you guys don't know who that is, he's known as the Red Comet in Gundam. He, ha- he pilots a red mobile suit called uh, Old Suzaku. It's a red one. But he's, he is based. His character, uh, uh, he's an ace. He's a badass. He's feared. He's respected. He's loved. All those good things. And he's, ex- uh, and he's kind of sort of pseudo half-based on the Red Baron. Now, I understand like having art parents and creative parents and all that. When I, when I say that, I mean like having sources of of um inspiration so yes wild weasel could also just come from the same pool of imagination like oh well let's have a red baron for the gi joe or for cobra should i say and give him all that stuff but i still feel like shah being very popular in pop culture and men like larry Harmer being japanese and knowing gundam and knowing something at least about Gundam, even in passing, and and maybe have had friends that have maybe even suggested this, or maybe even guys at Hasbro were um, sort of made aware of this character. But I sometimes feel like Wild Weasel is a little based on Shah Aznable from Gundam. At least I want to believe that, you know. And I think there's enough evidence to support it. The but- file card, and then <laughs> issue thirty-four, basically teasing out that last paragraph, that quote. Like, its entire story is around, like, we are going to fight Hmm. till our last bullet is spent. And if we don't have an outcome, we're going to salute one another and fly off in our, you know, respective directions. So, it's that that case of, like, you're my bitter enemy and I will fight you to the death. But I, I have the utmost respect for what you can do with your machine. So... Yeah, I mean, all of these things were once again in the waters. Mm. But let's get past the media and let's talk about the plastic. Because we three each adore this plane. Um, Paul, we're going to skip over the Tiger Rat for now. And because I I haven't heard enough from Rob, we're going to talk about the A-10. And perhaps this is fitting because guess what? Paul's Tiger Rat is actually the 25th anniversary version. So let's do this chronologically and jump forward in time from 1984 to 1997. Talk to us about the A10 Thunderbolt. See, you want to go to the first? You don't want to go. You you haven't ordered this in any actual, like. Well, I guess all I'm saying is I think think we. (laughs) The basic blue is. You're better now. 
Yeah. <laughs> For those of you listening, Paul has now shuffled up, shuffled the deck to put me on the bottom, and Rob's up next. But no, Rob, I think we've spoken in, in the sort of the media breakdown. We've spoken about strictly the blue Cobra Rattler. Mm. Um, let's switch it up, man. In our last Thank twenty you. minutes, talking plastic, give us your blushings with this toy. I mean, how did you get it, firstly? Because this, your version, is the first one that we ever came into into having. Wow, thanks for the, 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 the prompt, Stephen. Appreciate it. Um, so th- there was a, a toy shop that we've mentioned a lot, um, that we frequented, frequented um, the Paro toy shop. Um, and that's where... Which Stephen you discovered. Called. Oh, I, 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 I did. I didn't I, know about it. Probably my, probably my mom actually discovered it. Um, yeah. She was like, oh, there's a toy shop over there you should check out. Um, <laughs> True story. She talks like that. <laughs> Um, and yeah, it's the, the mythical toy shop where Stephen found his uh, box tomahawk uh, and several other things. And the, yes, the one day we went there and and we found this in its box, um, but unfortunately an open box. So mm. while we were very, I mean, exceptionally fortunate, um, the entire vehicle is complete. It comes with the, all its necessary stuff, you know, from uh, from all of the bombs to the um, removable pieces that kind of like do the damage like in the comic book. Um, Though you did freak me out the first day you brought it, may I just God. say, because you brought oh it God. to my house without the tail, like the, you know, the, the horizontal, <laughs> the tail plane, which detaches. So you said that it was complete and I'm like, but like this is a big hole here, man. Where's this thing? It's missing something. I was like, no, bummer, man. This is going to be the most awesome G.I. Joe vehicle we've ever had. Not and that's incomplete. But, but fortunately, well, yeah, Robert just left it at home for some some other reason. I don't know. You know sometimes Keep me in like suspense. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, the entire vehicle, was, it was complete. But um, it did not come with its two pilots um, being Ace and a... Well, and a um, and a version of Hawk. Um, I think it's. She's got home Sky Striker. Yeah, basically a, a repainted version of um, the, you know, the earlier version of Hawk. This isn't that version, the painted version, but it's a repainted version of this one. He kind of looks more, um, I believe, like grays. Um, it's but kind of like more muted coloring, I think, in in a way. Um, I'm not sure exactly like what it looks like. Um, That's the worst helmet but... to put on him. It would be would be oh he he never had a good helmet unfortunately he did he I, had wait, a cool no, helmet I did have helmet the helmet sucked. didn't I? I I feel like I had the helmet but I didn't have any of the figures. <laughs> I've got the ace helmet, your one yes. yeah it's kind of a caramel yeah. brown no no paint apps sadly yeah um, oh and I've got the backpack Hawk's backpack I can give them to you sometime Rob maybe oh like a year God. from now when I'm back in Cape Town yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure um. So yeah, it was an absolutely magical day when we when we received this, um, and because it was it, it it was unmarked, there was no stickers or anything on it. Um, it could kind of play either way. It could play as the as a Joe Joe vehicle as it was kind of intended to be, or we could play with as an original Rattler. Um, and then at some point in history, as as we as I owned the vehicle more, I, I decided to do a little bit of painting on it. Um, unfortunately, I gave several of the bombs nipples. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought, I don't know, like, the bomb's just, got it's just more like, like a warning, you know, like, don't, don't touch the front, 
uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's kind of an idea, and a weird idea that I had. Um, and you made I, it I a Cobra was, vehicle. Yeah. Well, actually, I think this was later on. Stephen did did a bit of um, a bit of extra stuff. But yeah, I um, oh, I did okay. a bit of painting. I kind of painted the paneling in there, and I kind of accented the um, the kind of like the that's nicely done, Rob. Well, <laughs> well done, dude. Pretty basic, you know. I mean, if you, if you, you should see it under a better easy. camera. <laughs> Give it closer scrutiny. Uh, no, look, it was very well done for a boy in his teenage. I mean, we did it as teenagers, Rob. We were kids. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure Paul could have, you know, airbrushed it to perfection. At you know, the age I didn't have an airbrush then, dude. Don't worry. Oh, I've um, seen Paul's customs from that era. I mean, they ain't nothing to yeah, get, write home about either. At that time, hey, so, I mean, yeah, it is. It's well, you haven't seen story. mine. You've seen David's. Ooh, shots fired! I loved having the Rattler or the Cobra. The, I'm doing it again. The GI Joe A10 uh, at my fingertips because I could, because of the VTOL feature, a lot of my adventures took place in buildings. For some reason, I think it was probably got to do with Die Hard and the Matrix, like a lot of urban environments in our play. A lot of it was infiltrating a Cobra-held building, hacking the hard drives, dealing with the security forces, and then escaping somehow, dramatically. Well, so it kind in of the... overcomes the, one of those big issues of, of fighter combat, you know, as playing with toys. That's essentially the only thing you can do is run at each other. Somehow you can kind of, like, broke that. You know, that kind of, like, I don't know, that general conception at least i have of um uh aircraft where you could actually bring it into the actual meat of the action and we could you know characters could be mm. fighting against us shooting pistols you know rounds at it <laughs> god bless the vtol man and because it was a vtol it could maneuver in and amongst buildings essentially inside the house you know between cupboards uh through passageways and my favorite use for the G.I. Joe, A-10, Thunderbolt, Rattler, whatever you want to call it, mm. was in that Back to the Future Part 2 sense where your hero character would drop off the building. Mm. And the bad guys would be like, what? He's, he's dead. <laughs> and then oh, peer yeah. over the edge. And then up comes the G.I. Joe... And it just lays waste with that cannon. I, I also I like mean, the... Ah, greatest moment. Yeah. Hey, what Paul's not doing... Oh, shit, okay. You're doing the, the true lies where the bad guy gets slung on one of the sidewinders and then gets fired. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. And also, just watching uh, Toy Soldiers again the other day and just seeing that uh, H64 kind of appear... Just up, like uh, uh, over the the sort of roofs of bowling, and then this makes me think of that too. Paul, I can only imagine, like, apart from various film influences, did the A10 like have video game appearances that uh, you can kind of channel with your Rattler? Big time. So, like, uh, so when I did find out there was actually um, an A10 in GI Joe. Um, then Ace Combat kind of came full circle because then I started thinking, oh, okay, cool, Cobra Rattler vibes, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, there was another game as well that had um, A10 in it. Uh, it's a um, uh, Eagle uh, not- Harrier attack. 
Eagle Some, for something? Something like that. But there was actually... No, there was... Um, I think it was G-Lock. Well, no, not G-Lock. Um, Lock-On. It was also a PS1 jet game. But there was a cool um, shooting game. Uh, Top-Down, not 1942. Um, no, not Top-Down, Sideways. Um, Aero Fighters. Isometric. Uh, uh, no, not Isometric <laughs> on the side. Um, Words. I'm trying to think of the... I think it's called a Sideways. US Squadron is the American Platform, name. Eh? It's a shooter, and it's actually got an A10 as well that you can use, and it's got mm. like cool bombing stuff and whatever. So every now and then, you know, you switch your brain into like I'm actually playing Cobra in this mission. I'm bombing <sighs> stupid Joes. So nice. Um, and then, like, and then uh, I think Area 88, the game based on that, also has the Harry. I mean, the the A10 in it as well. I just like the A10, man. The A10 is a cool vehicle. That's a cool. It's hmm. a cool jet. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. Was um when it was the what was it? It was the Warthog was the one designation for it as well, wasn't it? Because that is the that is the name. I think Thunderbolt Two is just a an honorary title. I always get confused when people don't call it a Warthog. I'm like, this is a Warthog. (laughs) And I think I even built a model kit of an A10 at one stage as well. But I wasn't like that was long before I got um, knew about it being a GI Joe thing. Otherwise, I would paint one blue. You know, make it a. You should do that. Should but maybe do what, that one day. What do you think about it in in uh, Tiger Force colors? Dude, I love this vehicle in Tiger Force colors. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have trouble b- believing that it's a Cobra vehicle at the moment. That's that's how used to it being in Tiger Force I am, because this is just this deco is such a swear word actually if you think about it, <laughs> um, because they <laughs> this is like they actually stole a Cobra jet, and. I just love it, and it's like super, super insulting. They've got their teeth on the side and the eyes and everything. They've got all of the super futuristic capabilities that make the Rathless so awesome. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, they've gone and stuck some US livery on it. Got the Tiger Force just to remind Cobra who stole their vehicle. Never mind, just the livery. And and it's cute now. Look, it's got a Snoopy nose. <laughs> it does have a Snoopy <laughs> nose. I uh... love this thing. I love his cute little nose. It's so new news, man. It's like it's such a like now it looks happy. Like now that you know his little nose, it looks happy. It doesn't look angry anymore. Also, I think I kind of tilted my eyes on mine a little bit. Like and I made it look a bit cute. But I think that was because I did the sticker job pretty much uh, I think it was the day we got back. Like when I was away <clears> for a while, I actually started doing the stickers, yeah. Um and uh, Steve, I'm I'm sure you want to ask me like how did I get it? Well, you guys you will know I was there. Uh, you were there. We were there. This was Paul at, was there uh, when he got it. I was there when I got it. I saw it at JoeCon. It was a price. It was a price that was a little bit too high for me to afford with the dollars that were in my pocket at the time. And so my good friend, my good man, Mr. Bart, he went and um, haggled a little bit for me. Barted. He barted. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so thanks, Jens. That was super cool. And then I... And then I had this thing to lug around and fun little like tidbits. And I feel like I may have mentioned this in a previous episode before, but just in case I haven't, we were in the transit hub and we were leaving New York uh, to get on, to get onto the bus to take us to, well, we were going to leave to go. It was basically our last time in New York. It was like the, like the last time we would be there. And as we're standing in the line to catch the bus, to go back to Jersey, um, I've got this thing, of course, in a bag for some reason. I think it was because of that, because we were walking around. 
and we were leaving the state. Sorry, my timeline's a bit funny. And somebody actually was like, oh my word, that's a G.I. Joe toy. And the other mm. person was like, yeah, people collect those. <laughs> and I remember like, that was kind of how the conversation went. And I was like, oh yeah, they're talking about my big G.I. Joe box because I had this thing like in a shopping bag. Oh, you had G.I. Joe just, just exploding. Everything. You, you, yes. you just... G.I. Joe's pouring out of your bags, <laughs> spilling out of your backpack. Yeah, you're a mess. This one, now, this one specifically said G.I. Joe on the box. Anyway, carry on. Sorry. Steve. I adore the Tiger Rat. It's the boldest, most crazy. And, and I mean, it really works for an aircraft to have that Tiger Stripe. It's outrageous. And it should be. Mm. Um, it's, it's very aggressive. But I am going to give advantage to the A-10 for having a painted mouth mm. i mean of of the mis missteps of the 15th anniversary 1997 gi joe toy line that was not one of them the mouth the eyes are painted and they look phenomenal uh yeah, the tiger rat good job on it it's it's a wraparound sticker which is already going to be a little bit flaky and difficult to apply particularly yeah. with that slightly weaker 25th anniversary adhesive Ugh. Paul, you've done an immaculate job. I Thank feel you. like it could be further forward, but anyway, the 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 the, the paint application of the A10 is a high point for that set. I'll yeah. say. Mm. Yeah, that that temper printing on the on on Rob's one is very very cool. I actually dig that, and I'm also like just checking out the measurements of it, like how forward they got it. Mine, I I've actually like got mine coming over the engine cover a little bit as well, and I actually just, I did give it a bit of a slice so that it does work good. with the engine cover. That's um, good. But and I, I'm looking at the detail here, Rob. Um, your painted detail looks great, man. Looking at this detail here, it's better than yellow. But um, <laughs> I just don't oh, love. Get in there with the your irony, airbrush, man. The irony here is that I just love this being a big bad yellow jet or a big bad mm. blue jet. As soon yeah. as it gets camouflage on it or anything, it takes something away from it for me. That said, mm. I'm glad that it's the colors that Rob's one is, that the so-called A10 Wardog. I love that it's those colors and that they didn't go for the typical olive drab, khaki. Yeah, that would have been a bit kind of vibe. Yeah, it would have, have been any... a bit like atypical. Do we have any negatives for the for the for the A? Do you guys have any negatives for me? For yours, my only for well, in general, for the for the Rattler as a toy. Um, I do have. Me, yeah, go for it, Rob. You brought the, it up. The landing gear. Um, <laughs> so the landing gear, uh, my landing gear at the back. I don't know if there's a problem with all rattlers, but like they do not want to stay out. Um, we discovered this very early on. Stephen, uh, over time, kept uh, redesigning and designing little um, uh, straws, which I which I use to kind of like keep it out. Um, otherwise, it just kind of collapses under its own weird weight um so that's probably one of the only issues that i have in general with the rattler as a toy um what about you guys um rob hold yours uh sideways on the camera i just want to just check something okay you got the same issue i thought they would have mm -hmm. fixed this for 25th anniversary because nope. the landing gear on the 25th anniversary is not it's not jiggly it's not loose it, it's it's in there and I'm putting quite a bit of force. Oh, that's lucky, so that I'm, yeah, I'm scared it's going to crack it if I'm not careful. Mine looks super duper loose. It could be the type of plastic they used. Oh, I think so. Uh, and also, like, um, 
yeah also the the mold on the rattler is a little bit wonky um <laughs> like i find when you look at this vehicle from underneath there's some like this whole there's just a lot of mismatching here it just feels very like a little bit cheap and that's I, it, I, and it, i don't it, think it that's happen, an anniversary yeah. issue only yeah no no i mean if you look at mine from underneath you can see there's like a huge difference between the coloring of the front and yeah. the, the wing unit um yeah. and then the this this part kind of matches a little bit better to this part um but yeah if you don't look at it from the from the bottom it's, it's fine that's just a bit weird and then on mine like okay i'm not that's like a nitpick but my the, the biggest thing that like the biggest issue i actually have with the rattler uh, it's two things it's these missiles because i i don't understand like oh. why <laughs> the two-stage okay. missiles hmm I think the idea is cool, but the implementation, uh, implementation is poopy because it does this, and it's very annoying. Because when I wanted to, every time I like move this vehicle, I gotta like reposition these, and then I fight with them because they never like sit and look like perfectly straight, which is like super annoying. So I hate <laughs> that. And also, I I don't understand. Okay, this is gonna be controversial now. <laughs> I don't understand why so many people speak so poorly of the Havoc, for example, but are willing to put up with, with this toy's made bigger shortcomings. And that is, this is stupid. The, the turret, turret concept is great, but the implementation as a toy is bad. You have to pull out the whole turret, put your dude in, then be careful not to scratch any paint off their arms as you like try to reapply, uh, <laughs> re, you know, insert the turret. Then you get to close it again for whatever reason. Okay, cool. Then there's this mission here, which, okay, thank God they let you take this off. But you guys all know that after years and years and years and years of people doing this, you get cracked canopies. Thankfully, mine's not. Mm. And then, I mean, I love that the, this is 25th anniversary, right? This is, meant to, uh, this is meant to be able to seat a modern era figure. Well, let me tell you, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you got one of those very, very skinny 25th anniversary releases, like mostly, most of the early releases. You ain't getting a 25th anniversary figure in this at all. You can barely get a vintage figure in this. Um, I'm too scared to put Morujo in here. I did it once, and when I took him out, uh, and then nothing happened to the figure, but the foot kind of got lodged in there, and then I had nightmares about it scraping paint off, and I don't want to do it again. Um, I also wanted to, for this video, have... Okay, thankfully, I got Bazooka in the back here, but I couldn't, like... It took me a while before I decided how I was going to, uh, before I could figure out how to get this like toy in there. So uh, this is just a shitty toy design and I really, really don't appreciate this very much. And we're um, all paying the price for it now. I mean, that's yeah. a 25th anniversary version. So the plastic is still less than 20 years Fresh. old, but yeah. on a 1984, all those tabs are frail and so tiny. Rob, you speak about the landing gear being too flimsy and not clipping mm. in its outward position. Well, there's supposed to be two nubs that would hold them in place. And uh. on, on the 15th anniversary, your version, those nubs have been smoothed over to hopefully stop you from snapping your landing gear. Ah, uh, so they did try and make improvements, but they... But, you know, it's six of one, half a dozen of another. Yeah, like, it's know. not a... <laughs> satisfactory um fix so mm. like they needed to go in and redesign this thing from the bottom up uh trying to fix these issues with the existing vehicle uh yeah 
it's it's yeah. it's nigh impossible to do. I guess we just are left applauding it for what it is, which is the perfect size for a no, fun absolutely I mean, jet it's, toy. It's, it's so. What if it was a little bit bigger? Know. Shut up your face. I no. I wasn't no, gonna no. do it, but I'll do it now, just for this video. I don't mean like. Up. I don't Just mean like. God, I'm gonna like. Uh, that was a total. Dis what, what? That's what she said. Thing. But um, <laughs> if this was a little bigger, I think it'd be uh. perfect. <laughs> 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 but like a little, like just a tiny bit. Incy Wincy. This is. I remember that bad boy. <laughs> now this isn't even scale accurate. But this is Word. Power Team Elite's A10. It doesn't even fit on the camera. I have to <laughs> back up. That's what he said. <laughs> Guys, catch Steve on his only fans. It doesn't even fit on the camera. Yeah, no. See, even that is too big. I just wanted it a little bit bigger, bro. Like a little bit. Just, just, just a, a little tiny bit. bit. You know, just a tiny bit so that it could, so that it could uh, uh, comfortably accommodate figures. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, uh, if, if they had to do a HasLab for this, it would be interesting to see them make it a two-seater for the cockpit. That would be interesting. Although, I think the A10 is a single-seater anyway. Um, but this would make, this would be a cool HasLab if they just made it, if they just, white, uh, like, lengthened it a bit. You know? Just, just a little bit. Like, it doesn't even have to be a lot. It's like, like, two inches in the front. You know? Just two inches. Just give me two <laughs> inches. That's what every man says. That's what every man says. I guess I was wanting to ask in closing if there's anyone who has a favorite piece of ordnance. Because part of the fun of your Rattler is configuring it for various different missions. Or mm. do you prefer to just have everything on it at all times? Rob? If I do pop stuff on it, yeah, I usually tend to just put everything on. Um mm. Although I, I tend to put the the little um what I don't know sidewinder missiles on less often because um I think yeah mine unfortunately I have have snapped over time I think Stephen did a little fixies here but they they've come un 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 unfixed um, oh, no, so I'm I find sorry, that man. these I tend not to put these on so I have two of them that are kind of okay um, well everything else seems to fit much easier so i think probably the way i would do it is i put everything on except for the sideline missiles so mine would definitely just be a tank busting bomber most of the time okay yeah okay hey rob interesting question yeah, cool. i know what steve's is going to say underneath it but underneath mm. the fuselage you can yeah. see the the date it was made it's got the, the stamp you know the and mine was made in 2002 Whoa. I, I know what Rob's going to say. But dude, 1997. Go ahead. Yeah. What? So, Lies. Yeah. Lies. You're lying. I was wondering about that. I was really wondering about that. Or Tucket, Rhode Island. It, that's what it, mm. I mean. You, you will never see this on this on this picture quality. But uh, if, if you run a little bit of AI um, uh, upscaling <laughs> on this image, no, you're you'll absolutely right. be able to read it. I won't be able to read it, but it says 1984. You're lying. No, it's just 1997. Say, Rob can read. I've seen it. <laughs> well, then I'm misremembering because I, I could have sworn. Because I had a lot of playtime with your toy. It lived with me for a long well, time. Of course it did. And it is 
a fun, far more fun vehicle at the best of times um, than playing with my Sky Raven, which right. was like, like we, playing we, in a vacuum. That that. Yeah, that's yeah. the yeah. thing. Yeah. Fast um, jets are very lonely play, whereas attack jets, oh man, it's fast yeah, and furious. It's in the action. Well, feverish. So the, the reason I actually brought that up was I was curious mm. to know if my modern era was just basically a re or a reprint of Rob's of Rob's oh, an earlier oh. and no, so like yours is unique yeah because people have with it. because yeah exactly right because people have said that they've had to, that they've retooled this to accommodate modern era figures um yeah I mean you can barely fit the wild bull that comes with it in here you have to take his hat off anyway um or his helmet off wild bull um, without his hat on it's not wild bull it's not wild bull it's just a guy's glasses I get you, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I was just curious about that because there, are, I mean, there are issues with this vehicle apparently, and there are like revisions of the Rattler out there, as far as I know. Yeah, so they they also, have been doing little things to it, but obviously not things mm-hmm. that kind of fix the problems that a lot of people, I imagine, would have with it. But despite its issues, it's 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 a fantastic toy. Um, I love that I could play Hands of fun to play with. It's the perfect size, despite what Paul says. Um, and <laughs> it's in every single oh, media that you could ever enjoy um, for, for G.I. Joe. You can see it in the comic books, you see it in the cartoons. Um, definitely a 10 out of 10 vehicle. 10. Second 10 that, 10. boyos. In fact, I'm going to wager that we're unlikely to ever do a lame ass vehicle or figure. On the Spotlight podcast. For sure. I, think I it's hope they do. Oh, yeah? You want to make a meal of it? Well, then, I never say never. I make a meal out of it. Uh, one of you can bring a pulverizer. We can go to town on that piece of shit. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Run a train. Banta Pudu. Um, we, we only do ones we all own. Guys, this thing, <laughs> this thing will be getting a place of pride in my studio as I'll be mm. hammering a nail in the wall to hang it up either next to the the raven or the conquest um, how exactly do you hang it up with uh, one I nail do is i just use i use yeah i use yeah. one nail and then i use no, fish guts and then i like sort of do that kind of thing with the fish guts like, uh, loop it around the, yeah. the the wing roots mm-hmm. okay and so far it's been pretty good um I until actually, it isn't <laughs> i actually yeah but i get that high tensile like deep sea fishing line here huh? Yeah, so, the one's slowly cutting and, it, and it's like over that, time. And it's like from a from a shop in China. So you know that that shit's never going to biodegrade. Yeah. <laughs> I have slightly less faith in your ability to tie a knot. Anyway, <laughs> I, guys, okay. this has been episode okay, 309. Or anything, but <laughs> anyway, long story short, before we walk out the door, um, I was considering doing that to a lot of my vehicles, like maybe having them like my warthog and stuff like on the wall. I think it would look pretty damn cool. Like a yeah, dude, hang everything off the wall. Cool hang course. each individual figure. <laughs> the feature wall. As always, G.I. Joburg anyway. salutes its Patreon force and the YouTube members who get You mean get the Berg a... force, you poop ball. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> who... The YouTube members who get a fun little tidbit from me week to week. And the patron members that you get fun little tidbits from Paul uh, whenever he drops the tidbits in, the... including this video. Yay! Yeah. What you got Yay! Nice. Um, next episode will be another live mm. show, and we will talk media. We'll talk, hopefully, Duke if Paul sees fit to read it. Um, 
Um, um, actually, I have will... trouble getting my hands on that, but we oh. will. But yes, of course, I'll read it. I'm dying Paul, to read it. We'll figure it out, mm. don't you worry. We'll figure it out. Thanks. Man. And of course, we'll talk about some cartoons. Phantom Brigade from the original oh. Sunbow animated series. And Paul can get around to watching it. <laughs> Episode 13 of G.I. Joe Renegades. So it's the and one Paul after. Yeah. Yes, it's the okay. one where the guy actually talks about what, what did you do to get positioned here? Get this All right, you jokers. <laughs> Catch you guys next time. I gotta pack some bags and Ooh. heaven help me, Thank some toys. Thanks. Yeah, Yo, Joe. Rat, 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 rat